Welcome back for episode 34 of Hits and Goal, and we have Grant Evan back with us this week. How's it going? Going good. How are you? Pretty good. Trying to keep myself busy, which is becoming increasingly <laughs> harder and harder. Uh-huh. I, I feel <laughs> that. I've, I've been working from home, which has been nice, and then the day just kind of ends, and you're like, well, now what do I do with myself? Right. Like, I can only watch... Or play video games for so long. And now I'm at the point where it's like, <laughs> ah, man, I, I I gotta like stop watching so much TV or stop watching so or playing so many video games because like I feel like I'm just doing nothing. But then I just still end up doing nothing. I don't know. Right. You're I gotta. Like, I need a hobby. <laughs> right. I gotta figure out stuff to do during this during downtime when I'm not working. But I don't know. I I like work from home. I like that aspect of it. But you know. The rest of it, not great. It's cool to be in pajamas all day, every day. I will say that. Yeah, it's a little weird. Which, like when I get on a work call and you can tell who is very clearly not dressed up and who, <laughs> like, who is, you can tell who's the person that is wearing sweatpants underneath their button up because those people, they, they, I don't know. It, it, it's just like a very obvious, like they, they don't move much or whatever. I don't know. It's just funny seeing those people in them. I admittedly, I'm one of them. I'm 100 percent one. Yeah, of them. I was. But I was gonna say like that's me. I'm in gym shorts and a tank top, and like you can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm entirely one of them, and I can tell who else is one of them because they're doing <laughs> the same thing I am. Just anyway, <laughs> <knowing> look. <laughs> All right, let's get started with our love thirties. Um, I don't know. There's not much going on with sports, obviously. But it's got to be something, so I'll let you kick it off if you've got any. Oh, great! Um, I was totally prepared for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I've been kind of paying attention to some local stuff, which is weird. So I, I live in Las Vegas, and I guess our biggest sporty news outside of the Raiders is like, uh, is we're getting an AHL hockey franchise. I guess the Golden Knights decided to go local, and I finally learned which team we have inherited and are relocating and i assume renaming i guess we seize the uh the san antonio rampage i think is their name now that i'm saying it out loud i'm not 100 percent certain <laughs> but we're, we're basically scrambling we're moving the team to a little suburb of las vegas called henderson which i know this will mean nothing to you but henderson is the part of southern nevada where if you're from there, you tell people you're from Vegas, then they ask you, oh, what part? Then you say, oh, Henderson. And then we go, that's not Vegas, that's Henderson. That's half an hour away. <laughs> so that, <laughs> I don't know if there's an Ohio equivalent of that, but that's our big thing. It's like an unspoken rivalry. <laughs> that's like Akron and Cleveland, I think. Uh, I, like, I, I know a couple of people from Akron, a couple of my like people that I know from college, who they say they're from Akron, 
to us, but if you ask like a non-Ohio person, they'll say Cleveland, but then it's like, no, that's not Cleveland, that's Akron. That's That's, that's so definitely... strange to me. Yeah, I don't know. I had this I, I had feel this like I've discussion heard of Akron actually. at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean LeBron is from back Akron, so Right. Um, I, I think if not for LeBron, um, no one would actually ever say Akron because everyone would just say Cleveland. It's it's like forty minutes outside of Cleveland, which Huh. I don't. I don't think it's close enough, and it's not. It's definitely not a suburb of Cleveland, but somehow I guess because Cleveland is the closest big city, that that's kind of the what they tell people outside, like non-Ohioans. That's what they tell. But I don't know. Bunch of posers trying to have from the big city. <laughs> it's like no, you you live with someone. Your mom's name is Catherine. <laughs> Her husband's probably a lawyer for the casinos, and that's where you're from. You're from Henderson. <laughs> yeah. Um, mine is, uh, my love 30 is obviously I think everyone's or anyone who watches basketball has been watching this, but the last dance has been a lot of fun to watch. Um, especially the, the ESPN non filtered version, I guess, uh, unfiltered version or (laughs) uncensored version, I guess it's been, it's been fun to see kind of. I don't know some of the that footage that they have from back then, and uh, I know LeBron or MJ was part of the production of this, so it's not like a hundred percent. Like I don't know, uh, it, it'll it'll it kind of sways towards him in terms of the details that they give about certain about some things, uh, but they have talked about some things, you know, like his gambling and uh, like how some teammates perceive him to be an asshole, but then they also kind of shrug it off. So in, in that sense, I don't think it's like the most perfect documentary, but it's a lot of fun to watch. And that's all I care about, honestly. And it's, it's very cathartic um, just to see like those, those old clips and like, cause I, that was the era of basketball. I grew up watching when I was like a younger kid. And right when <laughs> Michael retired the second time was when I stopped watching basketball. And then I got back into it like a decade later. Um, but getting to relive that and then to be sitting there on the couch watching this person who I grew up like idolizing as a kid and Michael Jordan be on the interview couch and like be just drinking scotch and saying fuck left and right like Michael Jordan said fuck and it's like whoa <laughs> right and it's so weird seeing all these uh, all this video of him like in the locker room after games and he's just smoking a cigar in the locker room like whoa just hold out. up what are, what are we doing here <laughs> I did I like I realized those times were different, but man, that's still weird to think of that like a world class athlete is just smoking a cigar in the locker room after a game as if, you know as if it was nothing. I've I've, I've posed the question before and I and I got roasted for it by our friends on Twitter, so maybe I'll just repose it here where I'm safe. But like I, I don't understand if you're a professional athlete while you why you have like victory cigars, isn't it like a turbo cigarette? Listen, I grew up like in a non-smoking house and no shit about it. So that's why I'm asking. But when I see people like MJ or Joe Burrow or anyone have like their big victory cigar, I'm like, don't you need the, the lung part to like do the sport you do? Yeah. I always think that too. Um, I feel like cigars more than cigarettes are kind of like a status symbol. Like you just like, uh, you just like feel cool smoking a cigar versus like, you know, a cigarette isn't really the same in that regards. But yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that that lung part of it. Although I guess the difference is that with a cigar, you're not really breathing in the smoke. I mean, you are, but like, you're supposed to, oh. 
you're supposed to exhale it like immediately. So you're not like you hold it. I see. Yeah. You're not, you're not like breathing it in and it's not technically supposed to be getting into your lungs in any sort of large capacity. So maybe the damage is not, is pretty minimal compared to cigarettes, but still, yeah, you know, a world-class athlete probably should be doing their best to conserve their lungs, but I don't know. Yeah. That, Different that's times. My back big question then. for the world. <laughs> I mean, it happened now. I mean, Joe Burrow did it up to the national championship game. The whole LSU locker room had to be like ushered out because they made it smell like smoke in there. Yeah, it's it's definitely a weird tradition to like the these victory cigars, but at the same time, I think it's just the way cigars are perceived as like this uh the status symbol essentially. Fancy lung cancer. <laughs> Uh, the other one, and this is not something I loved in the sense that like it wasn't cool, but I, I know you and I were just kind of talking about it, but the Alex Smith E60, I don't know who mm-hmm. else has seen it, but I thought it was kind of interesting to see him go through that whole process. And obviously at the time we knew how, or we knew that it was a bad leg injury and we knew that at one point it had been floated around that he might had uh, have to get a leg amputated because of it. But until this documentary, I don't think I ever really, really grasped how bad it was. And it wasn't until some of the images that they showed, like when his leg was infected and all that, where I was just like, Oh, this is like bad, bad. This is right. (laughs) This is, yeah. His leg was black because of the infections (laughs) and all the dead skin and whatever and dead nerves and stuff. And I was like, this is, this is something that I did not think I would see coming into this documentary. I don't know. Right. It's just one of those things you would think they talked about. I made the egregious error of watching it while eating lunch. Mm. <laughs> and Yikes. I was like, oh, I made a mistake on this day. <laughs> but I, it's it's a really interesting story. I didn't realize. I mean, the leg amputation thing we heard, and I just thought that was like typical media extremist Right, like a story type shit, and then you watch the documentary, and Alex Smith is just like, I could have died, <laughs> right? And through all of that, and in the documentary, it's cool to see how optimist, optimistic Alex Smith was the entire time. Like it never, it never felt like he was, you know, sad. Or I, obviously, the documentary isn't going to show every single waking moment of his life. So obviously, there probably were times in his life where he didn't feel so optimistic, but. Just in general, though, it just felt like despite the fact that he his career might be done, he was just like, no, nah, you know, whatever. We'll get through this and shit happens. I might end up back <laughs> on the field, which, by the way, is wild that he still wants to try to play. I Yeah, he still wants to play. If, if I was that old and that thing happened to me, I'd be like I'd have PTSD going on to a football yeah, I, field. You know, like if I saw the Houston Texans logo, I'd be like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, no. And he's made enough money in his life. It's not like he was some some like small time NFL player. I mean, he's made almost a hundred million in his life. Just, just yeah. walk away. He's had three huge contracts with three different teams. Right. You're done. You're yeah. done. Maybe man. he, just maybe he away. just wants to come back to play so he can complete the red team. Like gambit, you know, <laughs> he just wants to go be Matt Ryan. But yeah, that's that. Uh, let's move on to just, we'll just, uh, this entire episode, we're just kind of going to go back and forth. It won't be too serious. Uh, but, Dope. you know, with, what are we on, like two months into our 
in a quarantine or shelter in place, whatever you want to call it. Something like that. Two months. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah, two months. Oh man, that's so long. Uh, and it's there's no end in sight. Ah. I forgot April happened. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. I had to read dates a lot for my job, and like I'll tell people, well, today's date is this. I'm like, holy shit, where is April? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I feel like it's been going, it, like it's been going fast, but at the same time, it's not a fun fast. I don't know how to. I don't really have a word yeah. for this. It's like the the days. No, no the days I, just I all completely blend together get it. at this point. <laughs> And there's listen, I, I'm going, I'm going through it this month because like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm two <laughs> months away from being 29, which is 14 months away from being 30. There's an endless quarantine going on here. I'm like, who am I? <laughs> what is my life? Have I achieved what I wanted to achieve in my life? I got a dog, I got a wife, I got a house. I'm almost 30. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm just curious. In these two months, what if? What have you been up to, I guess? Like, just anything new? Picked up on anything <laughs> new? TV shows? Movies? I know you're not a big movies guy, but has this been the time for you to... I'd like to think I could be a big movies guy. I used to be. <laughs> um, I. It's funny you mentioned, I wrote out a list on the last time we spoke of, <laughs> of, of movies I haven't seen that I saw a trailer for and thought that looked good. <laughs> it's the name of my list. And I had to go back to like 2015 to figure out like how long it's been. And I haven't made a lot of headway on it, but I have seen a few cool things here and there. I finally saw <laughs> the good dinosaur this week, which is tight. <laughs> I didn't know that five-year-old Pixar movie. Finally saw it. It was great. <laughs> um, I think dinosaur. the best thing I've watched... Yeah, I don't think it's very high on people's, like, Pixar watch list, and not mine either. It's been a weird, like, <laughs> spur of the moment with watching movies with my wife and I, because, like, we watched a video about people ranking the Pixar films, and we thought they got it wrong, because they had, like, Ratatouille in the number one slot, and oh, we're like, oh, fuck no. this. <laughs> no, look, Ratatouille like, not even fine, top five. Get out of here. No, not number one. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a ranking I'll do someday, Pixar movies. There I'll bring you, you back for that one great i'll just talk about inside out for 40 minutes because <laughs> that's all i want to do ever um but i think the best movie i've seen recently was the lighthouse um with uh rob pattinson and willem dafoe i've heard of that i can't um, i've seen it it's it's super good have you seen the witch no ah the witch is my favorite horror movie like ever and See, yeah, it's you directed and <laughs> I, when I say horror, like there's like a certain kind of horror I like where I feel like if something is over-reliant on things like jump scares or like that thing horror movies do where they have that whole like stereotypical tension-building music or like some little kids like, Mommy, I'm scared. It's like, whatever, you're cheap and stupid. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of like the more <laughs> psychological stuff yep. or like just like blatant campy shit. So, like, I love The Sixth Sense, I love Night of the Living Dead, Carrie, like, stuff like that. Um, the Lighthouse is by the same guy who directed and wrote The Witch, uh, and, and The Witch is a very historically accurate piece of horror, because it takes place during, like, Salem Witch Trials era America, and they all talk like that, so watch it with subtitles. <laughs> okay. And it's, it's kind of, like, a similar ballpark, where The Lighthouse, it's completely in black and white, everyone talks, like... 1890 sailors and it's kind of a descent into insanity type movie but it's super cool super good it's framed really well the tension's great 
no jump scares. The the scariness just comes from the situation and the actual film as opposed to like cheap shots. And it's weirdly funny. Like the two actors have really great chemistry and get drunk together a lot and there's a really good balance of tone there. It's it's just a, a very fun movie. Okay. I will make sure to never watch this. So I'm <laughs> I glad promise you it's not even it. scary. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, I'm good. I saw one horror movie in like, the, or I've seen like two horror movies in the last like four years. I, I'm set for like the next decade and a half. Didn't you watch Hereditary? Yeah, that's one of those two. And <laughs> yeah, I would be sworn off of them too if that was the first yeah, one I've that, watched in a long time. That movie has scarred me, so I'm I'm good. It's it's funny. I used to be a lot like you, but my wife is a big horror movie fan, so she was like, "We're gonna teach you how to watch these." I was like, "Please don't!" And now I like them. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not happening for me. No one's convincing me to watch horrors. Just isn't isn't doing it. Um, yeah, for me, it's been I I've been trying to get through TV shows, and I haven't really made as much progress as I had wished. I've made it through. I watched Atlanta, uh, which was great. I mentioned that Atlanta's so good. I mentioned that on the last episode. I had started watching it before that, but I I finished that, and now I'm currently going through Thirty Rock which I'm about Ooh. four seasons in or three and a half seasons in. And God, it's so long. <laughs> that was not the word I thought you were going to say. No, it's it's very funny and I like it a lot. But I every time I open up the Hulu app and I click on 30 Rock, it's like, oh, 85 episodes remaining. Oh my God, 85? <laughs> I'm not what even halfway there. For? Jesus Christ. No, but it's it's good. I like it. Um, and it's consistently good. Each season is good, so it's not like a slog, but it's just a lot of it. Yeah, and it's kind of funny that this is an NBC show. And not funny, I guess NBC just has so many shows that they hit on. I don't know how they did it, but like between like yeah. The Office, Parks and Rec, this, um, I'm blanking on other shows, but I mean, yeah, they, yeah. Superstore, the Good <clears throat> yeah, Place, yeah, Superstore, Good Place. Uh, I mean, they've they've so had. Good, I think they had Community too when it first started. Did they? Wow. I yeah, think. I mean, somehow they've hit on so many shows, and I, they have, they figured out the formula for sitcoms and comedies. I guess that most. Oh, absolutely. Most other networks haven't really for some reason, but yeah, no, I like it a lot. And then, uh, that's TV shows. And then, uh, what I games have... you been playing? I know you've been sitting around playing video games a lot lately. Oh, uh, I figured out how to play NCAA on my PC. So, <laughs> so we're never gonna see you again. Yeah, if you want to know how many hours I played last week, like I I got it set up last Monday, which would be like the the fourth, and uh-huh. between the fourth and the eighth, so Friday, I played. That's five days. I played sixty three hours. <laughs> so, you, you know, have spent two and a half full days playing NCAA fourteen. In in a in a span of five days, yes. I you're my hero. <laughs> it's uh it's it's been very unhealthy. Uh it's a problem. I very much recognize it's a problem. But you know what? NCAA is back in my life, so I don't care. I don't care. Hey, I'm happy for you. I'm I'm happy you have something that brings you that much joy. I don't think I spent <laughs> sixty hours doing anything. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's been a lot. I keep buying video games which is the problem i have like 12 in my back burner now that i'm like slowly plowing through i thought it'd be great to get three fucking 
70 plus hour triple a titles in the span of one week so by me i guess <laughs> yeah i haven't picked up any uh new like like ps4 games or anything it's just been basically ncaa so that's fun <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to hot take, cold take. We're going to skip word association this week because there's really nothing headline wise to talk about. Uh, no. There are a couple of things, but I'm, I'm not the right, I'm not well equipped for those uh, baseball stuff. You don't want to talk about the designated hitter rule in both leagues? <laughs> mm, no, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're just going to go through a few, four hot take, cold takes here and, um, We'll start with the first one, which is Nick Foles will be the starter in Chicago before the week 11 bye. Hot take or cold take? What do you think? Ooh, I have to look at their schedule. Who are they facing in those 11 weeks? So they start with the Lions or at Detroit, then home against New York at Atlanta. I mean, they could very well start Mm -hmm. 3-0 right there. They they Uh, could. The question is, will they? Right. Looking at who they have slated in that time period, so their bye week isn't until week 11, like you said, so it's in between. The Vikings you know and the Packers. I, That's a tough bye week. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a hot take. I don't think Foles will be the starter outside of, like, troops getting injured. Unless, well, okay, I will say the four weeks, really the – yeah, the, the the six games heading into their bye week, they've got Buccaneers, Panthers, Rams, Saints, and Titans, and then the Vikings. Um, that That's could very easily stretch. be a 1-5 slate of games. And if yeah. Troops is blowing it, and I think <clears throat> that's the stretch to look for because they could start 3-0. and Hell, they could start 4-0. and But if they are under 500 heading into their bye week, I would very seriously consider I'll, I'll go with a lukewarm take i'm gonna put it in the that's possible department <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go with hot take here just because i think i don't think the schedule really pans out for them to bench trubisky at any point in this in those 11 weeks um like we said they could go they could start three and zero, maybe four no the next six weeks up until their bye are tough but i also would not want for a team that I think probably has playoff aspirations, I don't know. I don't know. The Titans did it last year, and it worked out for them. But I don't know. Benching a quarterback midseason usually doesn't really pan out, I don't think. At least not for a team yeah. that's that has aspirations. I mean, like the the Titans did it at a point last year where I, I don't think they were – they went into the season thinking that, oh, we're, we're a playoff team. It just so happened that they went on a run. Same with, like, the Jags with uh, – Well, no, Foles didn't get benched. He got hurt. Yeah, same with the Titans, too. They didn't just turn to Tannehill. Mariota was – I mean, he was hurt and benched, and he he wasn't playing great. Um, But the the Titans just achieved that 9-7 record they always achieve. It just happened to work (laughs) out this time around. Right. I would say the only way I could see Trubisky being benched heading into Week 11, if they start as strong as we assume they're going to – is if he has a four-game losing streak starting with the Rams. Mm-hmm. That would then be the even only then, thing way I would see that. Yeah. But then coming back after that bye, you go to Green Bay. That's that's a pretty tough game to throw a new quarterback into. And not that like Foles is a rookie or something that you don't want to throw into the fire, but 
still, I that's, think that's uh, more reason to do it. Try to like spark something in the offense, give them two weeks to get it in the right system, and then get the whole team fired up to go beat a division rival yeah, with true. the new guy. I think that would be the opportunity because I, I, I'm going to say hot take two because it has to be a very specific scenario because yeah. they'll likely start at three and zero, maybe two and one. They'll be looking good. Colts are a wild card. You don't know how old man Rivers is going to play yet. Bucks <laughs> lost. Panthers probably a win, depending on how Bridgewater adjusts to that system. And then you have these ones. If you start hot and then immediately cool down heading into the bye week when people had you slated to be a playoff fighter, then yeah, Ben Trubisky, cut your losses. See what fools can do to get you back in there. When the rest of your schedule isn't that bad, you get Packers and Vikings again, Packers twice. Uh, Lions, Jags, and a Hopkinsless Texans. So I mean, eh, might be the time. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a situation where they could happen, but it's just it's a it's a very like you said. It, there's a very exact situation. I think. Yeah, it's specific. <laughs> but at the same time, Chicago fans are crazy, and if it gets to the point where Chicago fans are just going nuts about benching Trubisky. Do you, I don't know. Maybe fan, maybe ownership gives in or management gives in and coaching gives in. Uh, and I mean, this will probably does, be Troops last year if the Bears don't make the playoffs. Right. Let's move on to the next one. And uh, this one is neither the Chiefs nor the 49ers will make the Super Bowl again this year. I'm going to say, ooh, this is both teams. <laughs> You you set up this question I, yourself. Yeah, you I put this in. I'm like, just oh, like, oh, who put crap. this here? I did both teams, <laughs> not one or the other. This is both. Um, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna go cold take. Okay. Uh, I. It's weird because I think the Niners had a good off season and they added Trent Williams, who should make their just unstoppable run game even better, or help, but. I don't know, man. I I'm, I don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. <clears throat> uh, defensively, they lost to Forrest Buckner. They did replace him. Who did they draft? They drafted someone to replace him. Uh, um, they they uh, oh shit, who was that? <laughs> I I don't know. Hello, NFL expert here. Let me check. <laughs> <laughs> um, while you look for that, I'll uh, keep going. But yeah, I mean they drafted Javon Kinlaw. Replace- that's who it was. Yep, that's who it was. Um, they added, that's such a good pick too. Fuck me. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the pieces are there, uh, and they're probably just as good as they were last year, maybe. But at some point, at some point, I feel like some of these NFC teams have to figure out run defense, right. And slow them down there. And let's say someone does slow them down. Is Jimmy Garoppolo the quarterback you want to try to, you know, beat a team? I don't. I. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold on Garoppolo. I don't know where you stand on him. So I don't. I think someone will knock him out before the Super Bowl. And then the Chiefs. I can't really give you a reason. Just. I, I think their defense is still going to be an issue. Their offense is obviously still great, probably. But at some point, maybe, hopefully, the defense will uh, be their downfall. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I'm. I'm in a similar boat here. It, it's. A, it's a hot and cold take. My, I'll, I'll start with my, my more cold of the take. Yeah, Chiefs defense still leaves a lot to be desired. They have a sneaky good defensive line, which is what ultimately saved them in the Super Bowl because they were able to put 
the kibosh on Garoppolo when Kyle Shanahan once again decided to throw with the lead. Um, <laughs> but their their secondary is burnable, which will be a problem against you know quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, who they have to face again this year and will probably have to face again in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got Josh Allen starting to develop into a Rex Grossman style quarterback, but it functions to a certain extent. Um, you know, it, it's a very beatable secondary there, and that may be what costs it for them. But also, you can't count out a team who has Patrick Mahomes, who's a wizard behind there. I mean, there are definitely times the Chiefs should have not made the Super Bowl. I think they had to do a oh, comeback yeah. win every game they played in in the playoffs, yep. which is banana land. Like double-digit <laughs> comebacks in every single game. They Just... were down 24-0 to zero <laughs> against yeah. the Texans. <laughs> And then outscored them fifty-one to seven. I mean, shit on Bill O'Brien all you like, but there's like thirty other quarterbacks in the league who couldn't do that, you know? Like, right? Yeah, but I also don't think thirty other coaches would uh, blow a twenty-four lead, (laughs) twenty-four point lead the way he did. So, uh, you know, (laughs) I mean, there was a one Super Bowl going coach who blew a twenty-five point lead in the third. So let's not. All right. There, there's at least two who could do it. <laughs> right. My, my, I have the hottest take for San Francisco, though. Um, they're not going to make the playoffs. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Even with the expansion, here's my, here's my whole evil theory with the Niners. The Niners will go 10-6, and six and it won't be enough. I think the NFC is really stacked right now. You have angry Drew Brees, who's probably made a deal with Satan himself at this point, to be like, please, just don't break my heart one more time, especially as the goddamn Vikings. You have Speaking of the goddamn Vikings, they're looking good. They're easily a playoff contender. Green Bay is still a playoff contender. We can make fun of their draft all we want, but they were managed to not lose do we, the do best we parts talk about of their the defense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to get furious or anything. <laughs> no, it just feels we... like leaving the car in neutral, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we were 13-3, we made no real changes, and we lost the two weak spots of our defense. So at the worst, we're probably an 11-5 team. <laughs> it's weird to pick Jordan Love, whatever. <laughs> that's still that's still probably a playoff team. All right, let's move on to a segment that is currently unnamed because I cannot think of a clever name for this. Um, we'll just do uh, – there's two key free agents still out there, I think, that uh, – most people thought would have been signed by now and haven't been. And those are Jadevian Clowney and Cam Newton. And I'm just curious, what are your thoughts? Uh, where do you think they land? Where do, where do you think they play? Or which team are they on when the season starts, I th- if we have a season? Yeah, when we have a season. Uh, I think Clowney is going to stay in Seattle, would be my guess. Okay. Um, I know they're interested in keeping him. I know a lot of teams don't want the contract he's looking for and if i were clowny i'd be like well there is one team that wants me i should just take the contract and prove myself at this point so i I think he's gonna stay a seahawk Uh, as for cam um i guess the obvious answer is patriots but if they haven't done anything by now i don't think they're going to um new england seems to be doing what i think every team should do when this kind of thing happens and is leaning on the, the kid they just drafted a year or so ago with Jared Stidham. 
Um, and I think that's smart. You know, see if the kid has anything in him. And if not, well, shit, we'll get someone new next year when there's a, a more reliable option in that quarterback free agency or hell, they maybe they'll draft Trevor Lawrence because there is no God. Um, but Cam, I think, is going to be one of those mid-season signings. Like, so, like some quarterback is going to go down and there isn't going to be a clear number two for their backup quarterback. And that's when Cam is going to swoop in, especially if it's a team with like a playoff window. I just bumped something. That's a loud noise. Sorry. <laughs> But I, I, my, my guess, and I don't wish injury upon anyone, but if you want to go with the very specific set of circumstances I laid out for Cam to take over a position like that would probably be Pittsburgh. Because uh, the Steelers learned they don't have viable backups. Uh, <laughs> and if Ben Roethlisberger goes down again, which highly likely, and they're probably going to want to make a playoff push, and they kind of did last year, get Cam Newton. I could see that. Yeah, for me, I think with Clowney, I'm going to buy into the hype a little bit um, of like whatever the rumblings have been. I'm going to go with the Jets. I guess that's not really hype because the Jets suck, but... They got a lot of money. Yeah, and they need pass rushers. What were they? I feel like there was something like bottom five or whatever in like pass rush efficiency or whatever last season. So they need pass rush. I think that's well known. I think some of the other teams out there that have been floated, like the Browns, I can't quite see the Browns. I mean, if you pair Clowney with Garrett, that's going to be absurd. <laughs> it's just and not fair. I would not, I would not be looking forward to those two games at all. But I just don't think it's worth it for the Browns. I don't know. Um, it, it'd be, I, that's, yeah. I would assume that would be a lot of money that they would have tied up in those two. Granted, the Browns still have a lot of money tied up in Olivier Vernon right now, and they could just, I guess, trade those two out, swap those two, Vernon and Vernon for Clowney, and I think that's a minimal cap hit. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it's the Jets. Uh, regarding Cam Newton, oh, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm going to go with the Jaguars if I had to pick a team that he's going to end up on before the season spicy because I, th- I i i have no reasoning for that um it's 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 but feasible yeah. i mean like assume that you know you lose confidence in the Minshew show then i mean cam's not a bad fit for that team no yeah and uh i think he still wants to be a starter so i i'm sure if we ever get to a point where he gets to do a physical for teams before the season starts. I think someone will pick him up before then. It's just, uh, I don't know. There's not that many open starting spots available in the league right now. No, I mean, there's Uh, really only one, and it's not even really that open. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, your best Uh, bets, if you're looking for, like, a week one starter job, and, like, these are, like, I mean, it's, like, Patriots, and then way lower down the rung is maybe, like, I don't know, but it's the Chicago, I guess, because they're kind of in QB limbo. Uh, right. Pff, I mean, so, yeah, I think the Jags are up there because I think I, I'm very much convinced that the Patriots not having done something so far, it means that they're in on Stidham for this season. So I don't I don't even consider the Patriots job as an opening at this point. Right. As a starting spot. It's just the most um, open looking. It's like when you're a bird flying into a freshly cleaned Windex window. <laughs> <laughs> right like it's 
I guess you could say that because we haven't seen Stidham, so they it might be an open spot. But we, from everything that the Patriots have done so far, it just there it's hinted towards the fact that it seems like they're very content with trying the season out with Stidham, or at least beginning the season with Stidham, and then kind of seeing where it goes from there. But um, yeah, so that's that's what I think for those two. You know what I really want from New England. I, I want Stidham to not be the guy, and instead of them being like, okay, we, we tried, we'll just go to Newton, I want Hoyer to do it, and then oh, and then them win a Super Bowl to Brian Hoyer. I would be 0% mad if Brian Hoyer won a Super Bowl. Let's move on to Rankum, and we're, we'll kind of uh, try to rush through this somewhat. I don't know. Uh, but we'll, let's do... NFL players whose careers were cut short by injury. So, like, basically guys that you wish you could have seen more of that we didn't get to because of injuries. And we'll do top five as normal. And you can do your number five, and then I'll do my five, and we'll just go back and forth. Dope. Uh, My number five, um, probably low for most people's list, but he's only five because I didn't grow up watching him. But I have, through the... (laughs) through my own show and my own writings have had to watch a lot of his highlights. And I think this guy is the, like the, the end all be all of what ifs for injured players. And it's Bo Jackson, uh, yep. former running back for the Raiders. Uh, just a holy shit player. Like he, he was yeah. absolutely poised to be like maybe the greatest of all time. There's a lot of arguments for greatest running back all time. I don't care if your team, Sanders, Jim Brown, or you know Peterson, or what have you, Smith. Um, but I, I feel like if he played, there'd be no fucking question. And I, I wish he could have done it. I, I one of these days I'm gonna tackle a big Bo Jackson piece. But I, I, I think that's the guy. Like the biggest what if he didn't get hurt scenario because he's a Hall of Famer in two sports for Christ's sake. <laughs> Yeah, how I was going to say like how often do you see a guy who is not only a two sport athlete but is as good at both as one sport as he is at the other one? Like it, it doesn't just, fucking happen. Michael <laughs> Yeah, like you saw Michael Jordan try baseball and he wasn't very good at it. Uh but then you see Bo Jackson is just like a star player in both sports, which is just insane to think of. Yeah. He he blows my mind. He he was the original football game cheat code. People like oh oh four Vic like I don't know you didn't play Tecmo Bowl with Bo Jackson. That that's when your friend stops being your friend. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, I have Bo Jackson on my list too. So I won't really add many comments once I get to that. But uh, my number five, and I don't. I think I kind of cheated here because it's not technically an injury per se. But anyway, I went with Sean Taylor. Okay, yeah, no, that's fair. I yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know where exactly to, to, to classify what his situation is, but I, I decided to put him on here just because. I mean, Sean Taylor was unbelievable. Yes, yeah. we only got to see him play for what, like four or five years. Was yeah, it even he that long? he was drafted know. in 04 and then was was killed in 07. So like, yeah four seasons i think like three yeah two and a half seasons maybe three whatever yeah um completely tragic happenstance i guess you can categorize it as an injury i didn't think to go there but that makes total sense i mean it's it's an injury (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so he he played four years. Um, it was uh, actually no, he played. Uh, what the heck? Why can I not? Okay, it was November of '07. Yeah, so he was like it was like mid season. So that was like, oh man, I don't even realize it was mid season. Damn. Yeah, I was I was 16 when that happened. That shook me. <laughs> yeah, same. Also 16. Um, yeah, I. I mean, he was insane. He was, he was the guy who, during my time watching football, he was the, like, hard hitting safety everyone knew, and that's the guy that you thought of when you thought of, a hard hitting guy, and, like, I still remember that that highlight from that Pro Bowl when he laid out Brian Mormon, just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> destroyed him. It's the best. And it's just like fucking Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> one is a pro bowl and two it's a punter like why are you a punter taking these hits in the pro bowl like, fuck that doing, guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean he he was he was so much fun to watch and yeah man I, I wish we had gotten to see so much more of him yeah yeah that's a good pick all right what's your <laughs> what's your number four uh, my number four i don't know if he's a commonly known player but it certainly hurt my feelings when he was injured um but it, it's nick collins um oh. he is he was a green bay packers safety um you may best know him as the guy who got the pick six off of big ben in the super bowl and <laughs> and gave me enough fuel to be happy forever <laughs> Um, but he, he suffered a season-ending injury himself, I believe it was a leg issue, um, that he just was not able to, to bounce back from. And he was, I mean, bef- the Packers secondary has been a joke for a long time, up until like last year. But when he was playing, it wasn't. like It was one of our biggest strengths. And just losing him where we did was like not fair. <laughs> we We were really looking for... Like a like a repeat of success with him, and it just ended really early for him. And I wish we could have kept that that secondary bolstered for longer. No, yeah, totally makes sense. Uh, my number four, I went with Luke Keekley, and oh, <laughs> that's like the most recent one. Yeah, I guess I guess no. So. I have another guy on my list who's probably as recent. Um, or no, Luke Keekley was this current offseason. Yeah, it, it was this offseason. So yeah, that's the most recent one. Yeah, I, he's obviously like, is he a Hall of Famer? I think he's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough to say. That is tough I, to it's, say. It's hard Probably. with like defensive players because they don't have like the flashy stats that you can throw at people for. He probably for will fade. He's not stuff. first ballot, but he'll probably make it one day. Okay. Yeah, but he was one of those guys where I think if he had gotten to play a full career, he's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer, I would say. Yeah. Or pretty close to it um but yeah i mean he he was one of the few linebackers that just for the last decade or so that just was the quarterback on the field like he was the he just commanded that middle of the defense and there i think during the last 10 years there's only a couple other linebackers that i can think of that commanded that type of attention from opposing offenses yeah like you had to game plan around him and it was just i like guys that are like that i mean i think linebacker is it's in general i think somewhat of a dying position in the nfl but he was one of those guys who lasted 
And even through kind of the shift to the nickel defenses and more DBs, less linebackers, he was still on the field every play. Like there was just, if he was healthy, he was playing, but unfortunately concussions and 45,000 different injuries got to him. And you know what? Good for him. Get out while you still have something. And while you can enjoy the money. (laughs) Yeah, enjoy the rest of your life as much as you can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, people, people for like, selfish reasons, I think it would have been cool to see him play a full career. Oh sure, I I think Kukli deserves to finish with the ring. This was unfortunate. He yeah, towards the end of his career there, he was getting really banged up, so it just made sense for him to step away. Definitely surprising, but made sense. Mm-hmm. All right, you're number three. I had Terrell Davis. Uh, Terrell Davis, uh, running back for the Broncos another bane of my existence <laughs> but um he he was um one of those really talented dudes. i believe he has the distinction he only played for about five years and he still made hall of fame like the the guy was absolutely an insane runner um a big reason for um the broncos success during his era um you know, old man Elway gets a lot of the credit for those Broncos Super Bowl trips, but uh, Terrell Davis was a big reason for that because he was able to like anchor that that run game that was so desperately needed in that era of football where you were starting to transition out of the run heavy attack to the passing game. But um, yeah, he he only played from like '95 to 2001. Just made the Hall of Fame a few years ago, and just like just just gobbled yards he was completely insane borderline unstoppable i think the nature of that position lends you to more season ending or career ending injuries i mean you've got bo davis sanders it's a miracle smith and peterson have played for as long as they have um but if, frank if he gore is somehow still kicking yeah, it. frank gore is <laughs> still going for it carlos hyde um but i think if terrell davis could have kept playing for longer than five years which by today's standard is your rookie contract essentially um you know he could also he's already in the conversation of one of the greatest to do it he could have really anchored that and really pushed the broncos into unprecedented success i think oh yeah for sure um my number three i i have bo jackson and i think you hit on most of everything there is to say about him so i won't really add anything there and uh, so well, that'll just go back to you again for number two. Tony Romo. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Not what I thought. No. And Not I know name I thought I'd see here. Romo, by and large, had a full career and lost so much time to injury during that career. Just it got to the point where you couldn't take it anymore. And I've done enough Cowboys deep dives in my day to know that if Romo could have kept upright for even a few of those seasons, you could be looking at a two, three ring quarterback. Um, Romo has, is kind of underrated. We didn't really, (laughs) I feel like the narrative has changed on Romo in recent years. So it's kind of like not a hot take to say this anymore, but Romo was a great quarterback. We didn't say that so much when he played because his bones are made of glass, but there were times where he was like dethroning the best of them. The, the, one of those, great Cowboys hot streaks he like dethroned the Legion of Boom made them look silly in a game he's he's beaten some of the best he is a 
a very cerebral quarterback. You've heard his in-game analysis on CBS. The dude can fucking predict a play. It's what made him so difficult to stop. Um, the injury slowed him down, and if you can imagine what Tony Romo could be like if he wasn't getting constantly annihilated all the time, you know, we could be having a completely different narrative on him. He could be one of the, one of the like, Mount Rushmore players of the Cowboys up there with Staubach and Smith and Aikman, you know, like... I, I feel like oh, he yeah. got a bad rap while he played, and his charm on CBS brought us back to him. Like, oh, he was so good. Like, he's always been good. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I It was always because, you know, the Cowboys are fun to make fun of. Yes. And I think that always contributed to that narrative that Romo had. And, you know, it's you always remember what happened last in a game, and what happened last was fairly often in those, like, you know, comeback or attempts or whatever. It was fairly often an interception thrown by Romo, but it's like, man, come on. Yeah. They're not in this game if not for Romo. Or, you know, if not for their defense giving up points on every drive, Romo wouldn't have to be forcing the ball every single time down there. So, you know, it's – I was definitely on the side where I laughed at Romo and the Cowboys at the time, but I also understood that he was still very good and very underappreciated – and if not for him, they were nowhere near as good as those. Like their record would have been so much worse. Yeah. So well, look what ne- happened. Never entirely fair, but yeah, no, completely agree. Look what happened to them in 2015. The Cowboys always had like at least like a low pick, and then the season they have, they don't have Romo, and they're relying on like a three-headed beast of suck to be their quarterback. That they fell to the fourth overall pick and got Zeke. So you know he was pretty valuable to the franchise. Right. Okay, my number two had to go with a uh, Bengal. I don't. I can't call him legend, but he's he is. I guess in a way, but uh, it's Mister Icky Shuffle himself, Icky Woods. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> because he, in his rookie year, helped take the uh, Bengals to a Super Bowl, and then, and then he tore his ACL in the second year, and it, it just was never the same for him after. Yeah, that's a good. And pick. it's like it. It sucks because obviously, as a Bengals fan, I would have loved to see um, him play longer, and I would have loved to see the Bengals have something in their history other than three, what, two or three Super Bowl losses. It, it's two to the same but, coach you wouldn't hire because of pettiness. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's he he played for a few years after that, but you know, obviously that that torn ACL. Just nothing was ever the same, and I think, uh, I I think if any if that rookie year showed us anything, I think he was going to be good for several years to come, if not for that type of injury. Especially at that time, I don't. I'm not sure if medical advancements were there enough to for a torn ACL. I mean, now you see guys come back from a torn ACL, and they may not be as good as before, but they still typically are productive and. I think that was also a time where it was just like, oh, you tore your ACL, you're done, yeah. essentially. ACL tears were a tricky business. They could be something you could recover from, or they could be a career ender. It was it was, it was, a, it was a crap shoot. Yep. All right, you're number one. I have a guess. I, I think Do I you? know who this is. No, I'm curious. Guess. Is it a Packer player? It is a Packer player, yes. Is, is it Sterling Sharp? It is Sterling Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Of course it's Sterling Sharp. He, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Sterling Sharp was, was such a gifted wide receiver. He was 
so close to getting us to a Super Bowl. We got there like right after his injury too. And, you know, that's one of the one of the earliest players I fell in love with as a Packers fan. Like 90s Packers kids, you you got Favre and you got Sterling Sharp. Those are your boys. <laughs> and you know, they, they were an, an unbeatable duo, and even the way he got injured is just, uh, it makes me shiver. I, I think the doctors officially called it, like, a very odd separating of his of two vertebrae in his neck. And it's like, okay, if a doctor's looking at you and going, huh, that's weird. That's not great. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a that's great injury odd. to get. <laughs> I don't think that's how it's supposed to bend. <laughs> Normally, those don't break that way. Huh, weird. Oh, well. <laughs> You're never playing football again. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely Sterling Sharp. One of the, not I shouldn't say the first great Packers receivers because they've been great for a long time. But, like, he was ushering in a new era of Packers success alongside Favre. Because, you know, Green Bay, we call it title town. But we conveniently gloss over the two decades where the Packers were completely terrible. Like, <laughs> Lombardi left and it was just garbage. And then they tried to, like, they tried a bunch of vanity projects. That coach Bart Starr was our head coach for a hot second in the 80s. We never talk about that when we're talking about Bart Starr. And then, you know, we gave that kid from the Falcons a shot. And him and Sharp just started tearing up the league. And, man, I just, I think Favre could have had more than the one measly ring he won against a pathetic Patriots team if we had (laughs) kept Sharp. That's just me, though. (laughs) No, yeah, it's, uh... It's interesting because they played, I'm looking at their numbers, in three seasons together, that Favre and Sharp connection combined for 42 touchdowns. That's absurd. In three years. Three years. It doesn't even happen today, you know? It's banana land. (laughs) Like this this article I'm looking at, it says that for perspective, Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, they're the record holders. At least they were at the time of this article. I don't know if that's still true. Mm -hmm. Um, But the record holders for most touchdown passes for a quarterback wide receiver tandem and they averaged 12 per season, like 12 touchdowns per season, where this far sharp one is four, uh, 14 touchdowns per season. Yeah, so it was it was a bananas. joy to watch. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that's a good pick. It's funny, you. Uh, I was thinking when you said that, you know, the Packers are called title town, but they had that dead, that dead period of nothing. It's just always reminds me of the Cowboys are called America's team, but they've done nothing of note for like 40 years, so. Oh yeah, they, <laughs> they're they're currently in the two decades of suck era that that a lot of legendary teams go through. Hell, you get to that about a lot of legendary teams. A lot of people yeah. are like Raiders fans, Black Hole, four Super Bowls. What you done since the since two thousand two, boys? <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number one. Any guesses? Nothing. Anyone? Uh, Anyone? I mean, given your earlier hint, I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. Shit! Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is Andrew Luck. Oh, yeah, because I did say I had another recent player. So, yeah, Andrew Luck was on number one. Um, yeah. I am admittedly just like, if not the biggest, I'm like a top five Andrew Luck fan. And <laughs> I, it's, uh, I was a huge fan of him coming out of college. I was a huge fan of him in college. And I, I so badly, I even remember that draft. All my friends were RG3 fans. I was the, I was the Andrew Luck fan. And Who the fuck is an RG3 fan? Even in whatever. <laughs> now, I, I, admittedly, I mean RG3 in, in college was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I wasn't a big in fan of college. Him. 
Oh yeah, I mean they I were feel big like fans. Anyone worth their spit would know he wasn't going to translate. <laughs> oh yeah, well he translated for a year, and then Washington kind of fucked him over. Speaking with of careers ended by injury. Yeah, um, that that would have been an interesting name to put on here too, actually. Um, yeah, but I, I think Andrew Luck's just one of those guys where was consistently just thrown into the fire in Indianapolis. Like they just did such a poor job of building around him every year that he was there. And then of course, when they finally get an offensive line that might actually be decent, that's when Andrew Luck, like, just like, you know what? No, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to keep my body intact for the, as long as I can now, which, you know what? I, like I said earlier, if you can get out while you're still healthy, do it. And, it's not yeah. like Andrew Luck was hurting for money either. Just, you know, I wish Lux. we had seen more of him, though, and seen more of him with a good offensive line, a pretty decent receiving core, I guess, and uh, a defense that doesn't suck anymore. Yeah. And instead of, like, the trash that he had to play with. And it's weird to me that, like, I I had one friend that points – he was I was talking to him, and he goes, you know what? I don't think Andrew Luck's that good because he throws too many interceptions. And then I went and looked at his touchdown to interception ratio. <laughs> and he's like top six, or at least at the time when he retired, he was like top six among active quarterbacks and like top 20 in NFL history. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about here. Like, Yeah, no, that's the most asinine thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, yeah, he throws interceptions, but he also, he's not like, He's not like Jameis out there throwing 30 and 30. No, he's like, he's still throwing like 35 touchdowns and like 12 picks. Like it's still. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a no. weird complaint. It's like, yeah. I like Aaron Rodgers, but he fumbles too often. It's like, uh. <laughs> okay. It's like, okay, well, you're going to also throw interceptions when you have one receiver worth a damn and an offensive line that won't hold a block for you for longer than like half a second. So. Yeah. And even even despite that stuff, he still played pretty, pretty near, um, almost perfect football for what you could do with that situation. So I don't know. Yeah, no. Anyway. Luck was luck was something else. He should have been like one of the, the the greats. I mean, he might still be considered one of the greats. I had the Colts slated to go to the Super Bowl the year he retired, and I was like, <laughs> whoa, 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 what? <laughs> yeah, and I you, even you remember. What now? <laughs> I was visiting a friend in New York. And we had gone to a Mets game that night and we were literally about to get on the subway after the Mets game. And then that's when like both me and my friend were just scrolling through Twitter and all of a sudden we were like, we looked at each other like, wait, are we looking at the same tweet here? Just like, what's happening here? It's like, yeah, Andrew Luck's retired. I was like, what the, what the fuck just happened? I I came into our group chat late that night and people were just like, Having a, I, I didn't see the first part of the conversation, but they're like, is Andrew Luck a Hall of Famer? And I was like, well, he's only played for seven years. I don't know why we're having this conversation. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why yeah. we're having this conversation. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, it was a wild retirement. E- easily, I think, in like the last 15, 20 years that I can think of, just like the most bizarre and just sudden retirement of a star player. Um, yeah but definitely up there i mean it probably is the most bizarre one and then like even his retirement speech was just like heartbreaking you know he was like oh yeah i'm tired my body hurts i'm not having fun anymore i have a daughter he's such a likable guy too. (laughs) like you actually like felt bad for him whereas like man you you can just see how much he wants to keep playing but his body just isn't going to let him or he's like he's like 
he he just knows it's not worth it. He's like, I hurt all the time. None of the <laughs> yeah. doctors here know what the fuck is wrong with me. <laughs> I'm I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that was the season where he his start date just kept getting pushed back because they just kept saying, oh, he's got to do more rehab, more rehab. And I think he said at that at that press conference where he was just like, you know, I went into the season thinking I'd start by this day, and then the doctors would be like, no. I don't think you're ready yet. And just like no one knew what was happening and it just kept getting worse. It's like, man, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine having that type of. No, that it's, type it's, of su- it's super frustrating. Pain. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I joked about it, but I was like, I'm telling you guys, Andrew Luck died in a lightning storm or something. And they're currently <laughs> building the robot to replace him. <laughs> just like they did to Cam Newton and Rich Cuomo. It's, it's, it's just what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my number one. Um, yeah. Solid choice. All right, let's cap this off with a make your pick. And I saw something similar to this on Twitter, so I'm just stealing it from that. Um, if you needed one quarterback right now to take your team on an 80-yard touchdown drive, touchdown drive, so it has to be a touchdown, to win the Super Bowl, who would you pick for that quarterback? Out of who's playing now? Yes. Okay. Uh... <laughs> you don't get to pick the players around him. But right, oh, so just it could a, just be like a bunch of dudes. <laughs> yeah, it could just be like yeah. I mean, the, it's in the Super Bowl, so you would assume like he's probably not surrounded by trash. But at the same time, like I was when I was thinking about this myself, I I just thought like oh, it's Mahomes easily. But at the same like, I don't know. Like I went you back and I them thought into about any it. team, and you would get success. Is what we're translating here, right? It's like uh, Mahomes might still be successful, but I the reason I thought about it more is because I thought you know if you take away Tyreek and you take away like some of those the weapons that they have on offense, yeah, Mahomes is probably still going to figure it out. But will he be as effective as he is right now, like the unstoppable machine that we know him as? Would he be that version of Mahomes? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So personally, I don't know where you're thinking, but personally, I think my pick is Russell Wilson because I think we've seen Russell Wilson do a lot with a little, right? Uh, pretty much throughout his career. Like, it wasn't really until recently where he had uh, receivers, and he's never had an offensive line. So we know he can do it with very little. So I, I think I'd put it, put my faith in the quarterback that I know can do it with limited talent or if he does have good talent around him great but we know that regardless of the pieces around him i can rely on him yeah i think that's a solid choice um i am going to go with the player who is ranked uh 13th of all time in come from behind victories and isn't knocking on death's door of retirement and uh, i'm gonna go with my boy aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has had 113 career wins from behind, many of them by one score. Um, it's the Super Bowl, and he just even recently proved that he can get you to at least the NFC Championship with um, one elite wide receiver and six toddlers. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna... <laughs> And six people whose names I'm sure everyone has forgotten by now. <laughs> Could sure, not if I you. ran a, hmm? Could not Could, tell me. Yeah, no. How dare you disrespect the names like Alan Lazard? 
and, and, and Jake Kumaro. How and, dare and you? Valdez Scantling. I'm so sorry. Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling. Not to mention Equinemia St. Brown, who I think is dead. Jesus. He's been injured every year he's played for us. So I, I would, I would completely lack of irony. Packers bias aside, Wilson's a solid choice. Um, but like out of the quarterbacks of all time who are still playing that are in front of Rodgers, your choices are Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, and Rivers. And Brady, don't know as of right now. To uh, last season, he was a little suspect. Suspect. That's how you pronounce that word. Uh, <laughs> Drew Drew Brees kind of has his habit lately of folding in big games. Roethlisberger can't stay healthy. Rivers was beside himself last year, and I think that just leaves Rodgers or Matt Ryan. But I see what Matt Ryan does with the lead, so I'm gonna go with Aaron Rodgers. No, that's that's a solid pick. I think my my top two are basically them. Um, I don't. I don't really know where Rodgers is in his career right now. I know like there's been talk of that he's on a on a downswing in his career and like regressing. Listen, if, a career, if a if a career downswing is 13 wins, 4000 yards and four picks. Shoot. I think it's more, <laughs> you know, like based on his own standards, I guess, cuz I think we can still agree that despite him only throwing four picks, he wasn't like elite Rodgers last year yeah I, there are definitely some games where he was in his mvp form he i mean to be fair he was taking down teams like the raiders and the tearing apart the chiefs defense to a certain extent um the matt moore led chiefs to be completely fair um you know i he he's 36 um the fact yeah, that he can happens. still play he's old. it's yeah i i don't i don't i i am weary calling it a regression just because he still is playing like at least a top 10 quarterback. He might be number 10, but <laughs> he, he's it's regression party, by his own you know? standards. Like it, yes, it's, it's a regression. It's from like being... watching Peyton Manning, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, I mean, Rogers was a guy who I think everyone agreed was probably the most talented quarterback in the league for a good, like eight, nine years. Uh, but I don't know if he's currently in that discussion anymore. So it I would, just mean regression in that sense. Like I'd regression like is, I guess, is relative do. to him. Yeah, I'd like to see what the season would be like if he wasn't surrounded by the the wide receiver core that had the most drops this year. You know, because <laughs> he he can still put the ball in some pretty beautiful spots. I think that like corner of the end zone throw to Jamal Williams in the KC game was like vintage renaissance chef's kiss rogers you know like oh how did he even right. see that guy how did he have a contingency plan in case jimmy graham missed the catch like it's it's insane watching him talk about it and i think that's you know we just drafted jordan love we're clearly preparing for the end of days if you will but there are still some spots where i think rogers has what he's always had i think he's still really cerebral and clever and creative his arm strength hasn't dipped too much he's not like you know putting up the mvp numbers the mobile kids with the huge arms like lamar and mahomes probably kyler next year are gonna keep raking it in as the position develops um but i i think roger still has the the juice in him and it's definitely like lower than his MVP seasons have been. He's probably not going to sniff that again. But I think at this point he has 
his ultimate goal is win a Super Bowl, and he's not playing as someone who can't do it, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks in this that are worthy of discussion. Um, yeah. I, I I very seriously considered Mahomes, too. Just I just went strictly off of the fact that I don't know who the receivers are in this in this scenario and we've <laughs> yeah, only if, seen if Mahomes we're, if we're play plucking with, someone and shoving them in somewhere yeah yeah we've only seen Mahomes play with this insane offense that he's in right now which obviously a lot of this offense is because of how great he is but oh yeah you know, I mean without you, you without guys <laughs> system like quarterbacks don't throw for 50 touchdowns right right uh it's just do would I still rely on him the same in a one one drive do or die situation, uh, I don't know, but yeah, no, Rogers is a good pick. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys here that I I think we're all equally deserving of being picked and all had yeah. equal arguments. For, uh, for what it's worth, if we had to go with like all the younger ones, I'd probably still go Mahomes because again, mm-hmm. he did just win the Super Bowl winning. Oh yeah. Three if games I, in a row from behind. <laughs> right, right. No, yeah. If I if I was going with a younger quarterback, I definitely would have gone Mahomes. I think, uh, but Russell Wilson, I think, was just yeah. With the reasoning that I was going with, I think Russell Wilson just ended up being kind of a no brainer on my half. On my yeah, we've side. we've named the three quarterbacks I would choose. It'd be <clears throat> Rodgers, Wilson, and Mahomes. Um. Anyway, well, that wraps up this episode. One of these days, I'm going to have you on, and we're just going to talk about Jordan Love or the Packers draft in general. Because I've <laughs> you seen had your... a draft episode like a few weeks ago, and I'm just sitting here. <laughs> right. So I had, yeah, I did that, and I just wanted to do like a recap. But then I realized that one of these days, I want to like get you to just talk about that pick. <laughs> Because I know Just you have run thoughts. through the horror that was my night. How, how <laughs> my wife had to calm those... me down. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you put those thoughts in words. I just want to see you now. Or, yeah, I've seen you put those thoughts into like text words, but I want to see them. <laughs> you just want to hear me come completely yes. unglued live on your sofa. Clicks. I get it. Your emotion I'm baiting. Just... It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna just put aside like a 30 minute segment for you to rant <laughs> <laughs> and now we move on to the section called grant just yells for a long time <laughs> i'll just mute my mic sit back and <laughs> laugh <What>? laugh probably <laughs> <laughs> well that's the other thing like why are you all laughing about it <laughs> it was your fucking team oh god damn it. everyone would be like god damn it you know <laughs> except for like i don't know new england like <laughs> uh... i don't think anybody would be happy <laughs> People are like, oh, good, the mighty Packers finally fall. What fucking mighty Packers? If I one ring, <laughs> that's true. I think, anyway, yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> this is fun. There's a lot that happened this time, this uh, episode. So, uh, always a pleasure, for, except for when you're yeah. picking on me. <laughs> hey, I don't pick on you too much. <laughs> that's true, I guess. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks for being on again. My pleasure. It's always a it's always a fun time, and of course, in a time where there's nothing going on in sports, kind of have to just <laughs> shoot the shit for an hour and a half. I'm almost. always down to do that. I think. <laughs> yeah, listen, there's something to be said about shoot the shit shows. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, anyway, we'll uh, cap it here, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>